1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Paydirt Podcast. I'm Matt McGloin. We've got a great show lineup for you today, and my co-host for episode 42 will be Blue White Illustrated's Nate Bauer. And as always, thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that Major League Baseball is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The Paydirt Podcast is presented by BetOnline. where the game starts. And Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater Podcast. Now, as everyone knows, we're big fans of the Citrus IPA and the Silent Disco IPA. However, we want to let you know that arriving this month is Funk Brewing's Pipe Dream Hazy Imperial IPA. The Pipe Dream Hazy Imperial IPA will be available as of April 20th. That's April 20th. Get it? Pipe Dream? April 20th, it'll be available just one week from today in Funk's Tap Rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York. And of course, you can find Funk Brewing products at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. And speaking of Funk's Tap Rooms, we want to let you know that the Tap Room in Emmaus has moved locations. Now there's even more seating available in a very comfortable environment, plus a big screen and several more TVs. Plus a permanent Flavor Nation food truck is on site. For more information on the new Emmaus locate uh, excuse me for more information on the new emmaus location and more visit www.funkbrewing.com especially to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. All right, and welcome to the uh, welcome to the show, you know, my good friend and uh, I'd like to thank listener of the Pater Podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Blue White Illustrated. It's Nate Bauer. Nate, man. You know, uh, it's always good to see you, man. Um, you too. You, you're, you're one of the reporters that, uh, you know, I've kept in contact with ever since I played at Penn State, man. You know, I consider you a good friend, dude. So yep. I'm happy to have you on the show here. Happy that you're co-hosting, you know, with me yep, today. Um, but uh, yeah, how's everything going?
0: You, you, you pulled me away from the driving range. It's uh, it's. It's finally nice here in State College. We like actually get a nice day. So I'm um, yeah. uh I'm I'm happy that the season is turning and we've got uh, some spring football here for Penn State that uh, still coming up for the next couple of weeks. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's coming up fast. And you know, I, I feel like that spring ball always flies, man. You know, you have you have such I, I don't think people understand how really short of an amount of time it actually is to get yeah everything that you want to get in, especially dealing with new coaches and things like that. And we'll get to that here in a second, but I want to start, I want to ask you real quick about the AD search and the latest. Um, You know, are there any names that you're hearing and and what, because when I look at it, like I I just want to know, like how, how will things change, you know? And when it comes to James, you know, will he, will he have the power that he once had now that now, obviously now that Sandy is retiring, obviously they were great friends. So, You know, what's what's next for for the athletic director at Penn State?
0: Yeah, I think I think what's interesting to me is, you know, look like there's kind of a reality that the the interest level in the AD uh, is high. Right. And if you threw out some names to people, they would have no idea who those people are. And I wouldn't either. Right. Like Gene Smith at Ohio State wasn't a name until he became Gene Smith at Ohio State. Sandy Barber wasn't somebody who, I mean, like Cal's AD was not on a Penn State fan's radar before that happened. And so I think the name is, is really less relevant right now. Certainly they're going through the search, right? It's something that they want to have done I believe by late May, right, June, because I, I think that the timeline is to have somebody installed by the beginning of July. Um, you know, so, so I think that we're getting close to it, right? It's, it's coming up. Um, but what's what's really important is there are a ton of things about Penn State athletics, Penn State football, uh, Penn State University, right, with the new, the new president that have to be addressed, uh, it's nil, right? Like it's just these foundational, fundamental changes in college athletics are happening all at once. The transfer portal, uh, y- y- you know, maintaining an athletic department that has thirty-one sports that doesn't happen anywhere else right now. Like that's not happening in the SEC, and so I think that that for these people, for both the university president and for whoever the athletic director turns out to be. They're going to have a ton on their plate facilities, Beaver Stadium. (laughs) I mean, it's just just a lot of stuff. And I think that the people that they're looking for, the people that they're going to seek out for the the role are, are people who are going to have an understanding of what this new marketplace looks like, because it is radically different. From what existed even ten years ago, uh, the 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 next wave of college athletics is just it's going to be totally different uh, moving forward. You mentioned
1: the facilities, and and w- one quick thing I want to ask you about is the weight room. Sure, right? I think I think I saw something where they're expected to be completed by the end of July or so. How yeah. how, how how big is it, and how does it look?
0: Yeah, um, so that it's funny that you mention it because I I went up to. The site right to the lash building in maybe November, right. And, uh, or maybe late October, it doesn't matter, but I, I took some pictures of what the site was because they had kind of cleared out. You're, you're familiar. Uh, there's that parking lot between Haluba hall and the lash building. Right. And it was just, uh, trailers and stuff, right. Like just supplies. And for the, last, I don't know, right. November, December into January, it didn't really seem like anything was happening. Like it just, it seemed like a construction site that nothing was going on and then kind of like snap, <laughs> the weight room came down. They, they had already moved all of the, the uh, weight equipment over to Haluba hall by December. Mm-hmm. Um, but the walls came down. It took a long time for that to happen. But now within the last two or three weeks, you've seen the structure going up. Like it's actually, it's happening and they, it is a uh, it's, it's farther to Haluba hall than I had initially anticipated, which, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, you know, where that, you know, where that building ended previously. Now it's almost up to in line with the edge of Haluba hall. Well, let me so tell you something. It's, it's a the, massive expansion.
1: The worst part about like well, one of the worst parts about working out in Haluba Hall was the fact he had to walk out the weight room doors Dude, and then no walk doubt. outside <laughs> no doubt. into Haluba Hall. That, that little 30 second walk was worse yep. than the hour workout you were about to go through right there. So yep. I can't wait to see it. You know, hopefully, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to put entirely new and new equipment in there, you know, Sorenex, you know, obviously yep. that commercial, commercial, uh, you know, uh, weight company, they're probably excited, you know, about getting to work on that. I hope they sell the old racks and the old equipment. I definitely would be interested if they If if they if they sold that stuff, so uh, I'm gonna have to reach out to a few, a few people and uh, you know see what's Dude, what it, there when when it gets completed.
0: It's just it's really funny to me uh, what you just mentioned about the walk because everyone's asking and and first of all they haven't really put out detailed plans showing what this all is gonna look like. And you know, one of the most frequent questions that I get is whether or not they're going to connect Luba Hall and the Lash Building and the weight room. And like, it's so obvious that they are, even though they haven't come out and formally said this. But people, people tend to not understand how impactful something like that can be. All, like it just it just seems so stupid, yeah. right? Yeah, but like is. when you're in co- when you're in college, no, I know. But like when you're in college, uh, another thing that's being talked about and and is important to the football program is having in-house dining, right? So yeah, the, yeah sure. the, so the walk from the walk from Nittany Apartments to Pollock Dining Commons, right? right. It's not that far. But if you could have it where like in the same building where your meetings are happening and all of that other stuff like the nerve center of Penn State football if you could have that all together that would be huge right like it would yeah. change it would change your perspective it would change the relationship when you're being recruited as to oh wow this is a, like a one stop shop i don't i literally in in state colleges miserable winter weather i don't have to go outside like I can have that entire experience. So it's all it's all important and I think that you're starting to see those changes take place.
1: Yeah. Speaking of all important, obviously it's getting a little bit of football talk here now, you know. Yeah. I want to start with Manny Diaz in this defense because yep. I feel like sometimes it's being forgotten that he's the new defensive coordinator there and I think that's just because of the questions and concerns offensively. Yeah. At least at least that's the way I see it. I think people just assume that as Penn State. They'll be fine defensively. Yeah. But um, so when it comes, like, you no, know, when it comes to Manny Diaz, right now, look, obviously, we know he's in charge of the defense. He's the head coach of that defense. We know James is hands off when when it comes to coaching. You know. Yep. What's been different so far this spring for the defense with, with Manny Diaz leading the way?
0: So I, I think that the the dumbed down version is aggressiveness. And flying around, right? Speed is is the key. Okay, um, I think that Brent Pry really did run a a like they've acknowledged it to at the bend, but don't break philosophy. Right? It was it was get teams into as many third and long situations as you can by stopping the run on first down and and having good pass defense, obviously, and then setting up your defensive line. Uh, and linebackers and wherever else you're going to send the blitz from on third and long obvious passing situations and take advantage of that, right? Try to create as many opportunities for yourself as you possibly can. My expectation and, and you know, kind of what i gathered of Manny Diaz is that I think that's going to happen a little bit more frequently, right? Like wow. there will be more chances taken, uh, you know, willing to play coverages that, Yeah, I mean, you might get beat, right? But you're going to try to set yourself up to create as many opportunities for your offense as you possibly can by valuing turnovers at a crazy high level, trying to get the sack numbers back up. I think that you've seen over the last couple of years, uh, you know, really with Sean Spencer's, right, the transition to John Scott, they, they changed what the priorities were for the defensive line. It wasn't, just selling out to get the sack, right? They, they spent, I don't know, four or five years collecting 40 plus 50 plus sacks as a team every year. That number fell off last year. Um, And so, and so I think, I think you're going to start to see a little bit more value uh, of that coming back to what the defensive does uh, moving forward.
1: You mentioned, you mentioned Brent that that kind of leads into the second part of this question here. So has, when you look at it, and from what you've been able to see, and I know, I know you guys don't have a ton of access right now, but sure. from but from from the parts of practice you've seen, let's say, you know, has or do you envision this defense completely changing, or are there still shades of Brent Pry left over, just so these kids don't have to start from scratch right now?
0: Yeah, I, I don't get the sense. I, I don't know. It's a t- it's a tough question because the way that it was framed right and and james Franklin. you just see like
1: uh, i don't mean to interrupt you but you just see sometimes you just see sometimes like you know uh, alabama that's an alabama offense regardless of who the offensive coordinator is do you know what i'm saying yep so it has it been worked where hey this is in place this has worked for us we just need you to we need to change a few things here and there do you see that or is it is it brand new
0: no i think i think that that's generally the case. I just think that the the complicating factor that they have this spring is that so many pieces are new, right? Like they lost yeah. six or seven starters last year from that defense. That was a very good defense, um, like criminally undersold how good that defense was last season. Um, They kept everybody under 30 points until the last game of the season uh, in the big 10 in regulation, right? Like, I mean, it was just, it was a very, very good uh, stout unit. And so I think kind of naturally you're going to see a step back from that, but it's just, it's just a question of whether or not they can become more opportunistic. And so what I, what I think has happened though, in terms of the learning process is you've got, you've got guys who are trying to absorb whatever changes are being made in the first place, along with their own position changes, right? Mm -hmm. Like John Sutherland is moving from safety to linebacker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Curtis Jacobs is moving from uh, Will to Sam or Sam to Will. I always mess it up, right? Like they, 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 uh, they have all of these pieces who are kind of taking on new roles. The, the Mike linebacker position is, Uh, vacated, right? Like Ellis Brooks left after two years of holding down that job. So it's just, it's just a process that's kind of happening all at once. And I think what happens is the spring sets up the opportunity through the summer to actually get it down, right? Like to, to, to figure it out, because that's when you actually rep it over and over and over. So will it work? Will his (laughs) defense work? You you
1: gotta remember, you gotta remember. He's never coached in the big 10. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I, I, Look at the Big Ten a little bit differently just because I I had the opportunity to play there and I've had the opportunity to cover the Big Ten over the past few years with Big Ten Network and, you know, Sirius XM. Yeah. Will it work? Yeah. Right. And I, I wish we had a crystal ball, right? You know, I wish we knew the answer, but I mean, taking the chances with the talent in the Big Ten, especially the quarterbacks, Nate. Yep. The quarterbacks this year in the Big Ten, I think, are very good. Cade McNamara, obviously C.J. Stroud, Peyton Thorne control the football. Um, you know, it's there. I, there, I, there is some talent.
0: Yeah, I, I, I see. Here's the thing is I still see it as a fairly conservative league offensively outside of Ohio State, really. Um, and so, you know, I think that the issue that they had last season was if Michigan scores 21 points at Beaver stadium, you have to win that game. Sure. Like your, your offense has to put up 22. You gotta find, (laughs) you gotta find a way to get that done. Like you're at home uh, at at Iowa. And I look like we don't want to rehash everything that happened last year in terms of injuries and how the season kind of went, but you, you just offensively have to figure it out. And this year, there, there has to be a little bit of a swap in terms of like reversion to the mean. The defense cannot be 17.5 points a game. Good. They can't like it's not possible for them to do that again. And that shouldn't be the expectation. But if they come in at 22, Penn State's offense absolutely has to be able to, to, to get into the high twenties, low thirties, like that'll win you a bunch of games in the big 10. If you can get the 31 points a game, you're going to win. But they just they weren't able to do that last season, and and that's that's the balance that's going to have to happen is allowing Manny Diaz and the defense to get their feet under them to to, yeah. to to have that time at the beginning of the season where the offense has to be able to pr- provide a cushion to them that just never existed last year.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure when you look at the schedule, I'm not sure if they do have time. I, mean, I don't know you're, either. You're starting with Purdue right out of the yep. gate, man. Yep. Um, and Obviously, having Aiden O'Connell back for another year is massive for for Jeff Brom that Purdue offense. And I mean, they're going to throw the ball fifty times, like we know that, right? So the secondary right. will be tested, you can, know. And when I look at the se- go ahead,
0: well, I know I was just going to say, can you turn? Can you turn uh, out of those fifty pass attempts? Can you turn three of them into interceptions? There you go. And that and that's the thing with Purdue.
1: Last year, it's it was consistency. Could they yep. do it? Week out one week we saw Purdue, the best team in the West. The next week. Not so much. Right. So have they been able to find that consistency, you know, throughout this spring? I actually think, you know, this is a completely different discussion. I actually think Purdue's going to win the West this year in the Big Ten. I really do. I think it's the year. Uh, I think it's the year for Purdue. Uh, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting, no doubt. But I mentioned the secondary. Kaelin yep. King, Joey Porter Jr., Yep, uh, Jair Brown, Jalen Reed. Am I wrong?
0: Um, Maybe. Well, first of all, you got to add Daquan Hardy to the mix. Sure, he, Obviously, he- yeah. Right, like so, he's he's the nickel, and and I don't know how much flexibility they have to do other things with him, but he's absolutely a valuable and valued piece of what they do defensively.
1: And I, and I was looking at, I was looking at like that shell, you know, like yeah, a, yeah, like a no, TV for trail, sure. Like but even with DaQuan Hardy, you mix him in there, and then you mentioned Jonathan Sutherland, you're getting more into these dime packaging, total situations, you know, as well. But go ahead.
0: Yeah no I mean it's it's just that's kind of the way that the game is progressing is it's more valuable to have you know pass heavy defenses on on the field for most of the time. Um I mean frankly Penn State's linebackers numbers represent that. They just, they don't have that many bodies <laughs> a linebacker. Um so that's one element and then to me like kind of the the unspoken guy and and I don't know why I don't know why nobody's talking about him but Key Nellis. Uh, is a Mm -hmm. guy with experience who is, you know, they're calling it a a competition, right? With Jalen Reed. And I think he will absolutely be considered a, Co-starter, maybe right? Like you got to get Jalen Reed on the field, but I think that they value and think that Keaton Ellis is very, very capable of holding down that job as well. So it, uh, they're in a good spot defensively on in the secondary, in particular. Like you've got six starters there that you can rely on.
1: Are there coverage concerns there with Keaton Ellis? Obviously, when you move from corner to safety,
0: yeah. I, but he's had a couple of years to to be able to get that down. Um, you know, I, I think I think that they're optimistic about it. Uh, I, I'm I'm not exactly sure why he seems to tend just to get glossed over. I mean, obviously he, he missed the beginning of last season. And I think that derailed uh, a little bit of what he was doing. But if you go back and look at the snap counts, uh, he had more snaps than Jalen Reed in the, the bowl game. So that there, <laughs> what people say and what they do don't always align. And so when you look at, what they do and who they rely on most heavily, it's there in the snap counts. Like it's, you can go back and you can trace and you can say, okay, this guy's role expanded and got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you know that they trust him, that you know that there's that that relationship that's so important at this level for a coach to feel like, hey, here's a guy who's going to be reliable and do the right things every single down.
1: Is Southern reliable? Is that move working?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think certainly that the suggestion from from Manny Diaz is that he has that it has worked out. Right? He's he's. A, a leader, a veteran presence. He's been a captain three times. I think you know he might be a captain yeah. for a fourth year. <laughs> like it <just> never happens. <laughs> you get right?
1: ten years. You get ten years to play football anymore. Yeah, well.
0: it, cha- it it changes some of the uh, the context of some of the awards and the record, I would have had
1: <laughs> I would have done yeah. for fifteen thousand yards. I'd still be yeah. playing there if they let me.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It. Uh, so yeah, no, it's 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 going to be interesting uh, for, for Sutherland to see how he, how he fits into that role and really how they use him, right? Like if they can find, if they can find these, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a hyper specific role, but if they can eliminate it and this is the game, right. Is eliminate your weaknesses and play to your strengths. And so if they have the personnel in place to be able to do that, you know, I think they, they might have some success there.
1: So it, when you, when you look at this full picture now, kind of that, that back seven, um, you know, uh, with Daquan Hardy in there, Jonathan Sutherland in there, Curtis Jacobs as your linebacker. And, you know, let me stay there, you know, for a second. And look, it was yep. great to watch him. It was great to watch him grow and get better every single week in 2021, obviously highlighted by that great performance against Arkansas. Yep. Um, you know, it looks like they think he could be the next big linebacker. Um, at Penn State you now bring in Damian Robinson who has joined Penn State via the transfer portal and Nate I called I called a couple of Maryland games last year early in the season they were really they were really high on that guy and he was only a freshman last year now is this something that Penn State go after him in the portal like what is that saying about the linebacker situation in the depth
0: Yeah. So, well, so here's the thing, and this is our understanding and uh, I'm happy to be wrong here, but I hope I'm not is I think that the intention is to have him as a rush defensive end. Like he's, he is a, he is a, and look like that's, (laughs) this is a pay grade way beyond mine to understand the game at, at this level and kind of the evolution and things that are happening. But like, that's kind of that hybrid thing that you're, you're seeing, right? Jesse Lucetta. Uh, Michael Parsons, right? And like what he's done at the next level. Um, and so I, th- I think that the intention and I think that the way that he helps them is not at linebacker, it's at defensive end. It's a, it's right. a guy who's going to get to the quarterback and create sacks, which they know, they talked about it uh, a, a week ago. James Franklin said, look, uh, Nick Tarburton can do a lot of things that you want there at defensive end. Adisa Isaac is a guy who they are banking on being able to create like pressure on the quarterback, like that bottom line, because it's a huge part of what Manny Diaz wants to do. It's a huge part of creating turnovers in the secondary is having a consistent splash play defensive ends who can get to the quarterback. And so I think that this pickup in the transfer portal helps them do that.
1: And I I mean, I've said this before on the podcast. I actually think the defensive line, if they're able to figure it out could be the strength of the defense. So there's a lot of talent there. Right, guys have played, there is some experience. I think it's about finding the right rotation, kind of putting it all together. Um Beeman, PJ Mustafa, Disa Isaac, how much have you seen out of those guys if anything right now? Yeah,
0: so I mean PJ is PJ's is not doing anything uh yeah. this spring. He's yeah. you know, um even like working out of the a side, knee injury, you know. Yeah, anything, no, anything. he's yeah. no stand, standing with a clipboard. Uh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. you know, so he's he's I, I think that there is probably a fair conversation to be had now. Look, he's he's confident, right? He's the most effervescent dude in the world. He is so happy and right, like just brings that attitude constantly. So certainly his aspirations are to be hundred percent game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that is a tall ask outside of his brain. <laughs> like for, right, for everybody right, else, right. Uh, I'm not sure that that's necessarily reasonable to expect right off the bat. Uh, you know, as for Adisa Isaac, he's much further along. He 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 is a guy who got hurt last June, and so like he's he's back. Um, he, he's not doing everything, but but he's mostly back, right. uh, and, and he's a guy that they're going to count on. And then Beeman is you know look like nothing's wrong with him physically nothing ever was wrong with him physically mm-hmm. so you know like it's just a matter of was he able to use that time quote unquote away to progress and to get better right. and james franklin's comments say that he he has that you know he's he's grown up a little bit and gotten more mature and is a guy who they think can contribute this year for them
1: Let's change gears here in a second, Nate, but, you know, uh, I want to take this time right now to, to mention Thawne and, and all of us here in the Pater Podcast are proud supporters of Thawne, um, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. Thawne is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary for Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. Thawne is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, Thon has raised over $203 million in the fight against childhood cancer and counting. To learn more about Thon's year-long efforts or to donate, visit thon.org. That's T-H-O-N.org. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with an initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video, if you'd like, post it on your social media channels and use hashtag Tag Me In and hashtag Tag Me In United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter in the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that's top quality with one delicious scoop of athletic greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no art, uh, and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health, and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been up and evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. All right, now let's change gears here a little bit to uh, to the offense. Seems like what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, Always. You know, and that is yeah, and that's like that's the first thing I look at. Obviously, is Mike is here um, in year two. Can he no. make the changes necessary to take this Penn State offense to the top of the Big Ten and, and to where they belong, really, and to really be able to showcase the talent that that I think that they have um, on offense? And you know, I'll, I'll, let's start here then. Yeah, I know it's year two, but the way last year went, the struggles we saw, especially in the run department, and the inability to change week in and week out to not improve and to not get better. Yep. Is, and, and this, look, obviously it's in the spring and we're, we're, we're months away from the season, but is the seat warm or, 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 and, I'm, and the reason I bring it up, the only reason I bring it up, the only reason I bring it up is because everybody's talking about the quarterbacks and we know that, you know, it seems like Drew, Drew Alar is his, his guy, his type of quarterback. Is his career, is Mike Yurchish's career at Penn State tied the Drew Allard's development.
0: No, I, I mean, you know, look, like maybe in uh, another year or two, but I don't think that's what's important this year. I, I just look, Mike Yersich, Sean Clifford, Nick Singleton, Kevon Lee, Kaziah Holmes like I'm literally just naming every skill position <laughs> player that they have.
1: Would you bring all, up the depth chart
0: of the roster? Yeah. I, I, well, look, like if they don't have a functional offensive line, if they don't have uh, tight ends who can help run block, if they don't have running backs who can help pass block and pass protect, like all, all of those things were the, the dam that broke last year. And so you, like, and it's not, it's not just the offensive line. I mean, I think that that's a point that has been brought up a few times this off season, but like, it's everyone. <laughs> so if, right. if Penn state can't get throwing this out there, if Penn state can't get a running back who can break a tackle, right? Like who can get into space and then make a play and win that play, right? Like find yourself in a one-on-one and then win it. That didn't happen last year. And that was a huge dagger. They didn't have explosive runs. Like the way that this offense, the way that Penn State's offense is supposed to operate is yes, you want to progress, right? Like that's, that's important, but you also have to strike big. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. is just essential. If you look back on 2016 and 2017, and even 2019, the way that they won games and the way that they put up points was explosive plays. They did not have them last year even with an all-world talent in Jahan Dotson. So Sean Clifford needs some time to operate, okay? Bottom line, got to give him some time. Once he has that time, he's got to hit the guy down the field. <laughs> he didn't do that last year. He didn't, it, right, like in the, in the Outback Bowl in particular, there were some glaring examples of opportunities missed uh, on, on throws that he just had to hit. Um so well, no, I think
1: I, I think he's I think he I think we, we we on the podcast here we talked a lot about all the way up into the Iowa game where he got injured, how well he was playing. It, it was the best, the best football he was playing of his career. So, you know, in his defense, I think he was battling obviously through a lot of injuries last year, even in the outback bowl. It Correct. didn't seem like it didn't seem like he was a hundred percent healthy. So well then, then there's my question: Does this fall on the positional coaches or on Mike Yersich? <laughs>
0: Well, look, like quarterback. Troutwine.
1: I mean, Troutwine's been there for a few years now. Cider has been there as long as James has been there.
0: Yep. So, I mean, you know, look, like I think that Cider's track record is is better. I mean, I think that 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 the development of Journey Brown was a big part of that. I, I think that that they have had success uh, at running back. It didn't happen last year. And the offensive line. I mean, Phil Troutwine. Like, I I don't know that first of all, 2020 was a lost year. Everybody hates to talk about it, but it, it just was like they didn't, they weren't able to develop that offensive line the way they needed to. He's had guys like Juice Scruggs. He's had Olufushanu, um, mm-hmm. right? Like he's had some of these guys in his system now for a year or two who have had the opportunity to absorb it. And so I think that the proof is in the pudding this year and they've got numbers problems right now. They don't have enough. Offensive linemen, they like, they're just short this spring. James Franklin's talked about it. Everybody's talked about it, but they're just, they're just not healthy there. And they're not deep as it is uh, a rash of offensive linemen, uh, walk-ons included. Just easy, filtered easy, the- easy. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying easy. No, I'm saying they, they filtered <laughs> out of the program. Like, and you don't understand Like, dude, like you could speak to this. You don't understand their importance until you literally don't have bodies to practice with. Like you can't, right? So they they don't they they got like six or seven healthy offensive linemen right now. That's a problem in the spring, and it's gonna it's gonna restock, but it's an issue.
1: That's that's how like if again if you're a walk on, these hot, this is how your career can be made. Sure. In a in a moment like this where you don't have depth right now, so guess what, man? We need you. Go play. You're here for a reason. Um, you know, prove that you're capable of playing for us capable of contributing and earning a scholarship one day yep. like again that's you know you're there to be a part of the team obviously but like I never looked at myself as anything other than a starter or yep. anything better like capable of getting the job done right yep. you know what I'm saying so again this is you know, I understand. You know, it's short there, but you never know, man. You never know if one of these walk-on guys can can grow and develop and and, and become a big-time player, or a big-time starter for you. Um, how and that's something. And going back to what you're talking about about the depth there, and you know, guys rotating in and out. James had a depth chart for the offensive line. That's something we hadn't seen. Yeah. You know, at Penn State, really. You know, especially in yeah. the spring. You know, how we, we look. That was something I was actually calling for. But give me give but, me five guys. Let them go play. Let them figure it out and go from there. I'm not saying it's gonna be the same guys at the end of 15 practices. Yeah. But let let some group build some continuity and get comfortable playing with one another.
0: I just I just think that the problem that they're facing right now is that some of those players who who they had pegged as a starting offensive. I mean, look, Sal Wormley was in that starting group. Sal missed. All of last season with an injury, he's not 100% right now. He's getting closer, and he's able to to do reps. They, they talked about it. He's able to do reps, he's get reps, but he's not going to be in the blue-white game. He's not mm-hmm. going to go live. Right? Yeah. Like the, yeah. You're not going to risk these guys' injuries uh, when they're still coming back. And so they're taking this conservative approach, and it's necessary to take that conservative approach. But I, I think that there are questions as to what is going to be the efficacy of this spring in terms of how much they're able to gel as a unit. Again, the summer is the time that that gets done. Okay. But there, there are some missed opportunities happening that it's beyond anybody's control. Right. But like, that's what's happening right now is that you just don't have the offensive line depth to be able to put together a starting five who you can count on as being the starting five in the season.
1: How have they been able to take a look at the running backs with the situation being what it is right now in the yeah, competition that's a
0: there? That's a good question. Um, I, you know, I think that that Franklin was optim- – look, he said within the first week or two of spring practice that he thought that the offensive line that they did have right or that were available were playing better, that the tight ends were doing a better job. And so you had more opportunities – to see the running backs get, get the moment, right? Like sure, people, eh, when I talk about this, it, it, it's um you, you only get so many chances, right? right. And so you, you got to hit when they come because you're not, you're not always going to get a clean block. You're not always going to get a clean hole. Uh, and so when those opportunities come, it's just about, Hey, who are the guys that hit it? And who are the guys that don't? And I think that they've hit. This summer or excuse me, this spring. Like I think that they've seen that from Katron Allen. I think that they've seen that from Nick Singleton. They know who Kevon Lee is, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I Holmes is a guy who I think that, yeah, they they want to see that this spring uh from him to be able to to step up and fill into that role. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a competition, right? Like yeah. that's gonna have to play itself out this summer.
1: I think there's always competition at running back, you know, you know, oh, no. every single year, you know, regardless of who the guy may be or or not, everybody's battling carry battling for carries, you know. You mentioned K Tron and you mentioned Nick Singleton. You know, you do know what everyone else has. Yep. So, in a way, if these guys are, as you say, hitting right now do those other guys get lost in the shuffle to make way for these new young guys is that is it and if and if so is it fair to ask these two guys to fix this running back situation because I think look and I think for singleton I think it absolutely is yeah right he's a guy just go man we need you now you're brought into play out you're not waiting
0: yep yeah yeah I, I, I do i mean I, I think that I think that Nick singleton I, uh, is it fair to expect him to come in at Purdue and be the first running back on the field? I don't think so. I don't I don't think that's fair as an expectation. I don't think that's fair to him. I don't think that's fair to the coaching staff or the team, right? Uh I, I think that you want people at the beginning of the season at least who Saquon Barkley didn't start his, his true freshman year at the beginning of the season, right? And he's an elite otherworldly talent. But Nick's gonna play. <laughs> He's going to play. He's going to be a part of the offense. Like he, they are going to get him the ball. They're going to do it in space. And then, Hey, home runs, that's what they need. He's a guy who hits them. So it'll be interesting to see how that balance works itself out, but that's kind of the uncomfortable, (laughs) it's the uncomfortable part about talking about some of this stuff is look like all of these guys are trying, right? And so for, for every winner, quote unquote of a position battle, there's a loser, (laughs) There's a guy, no, there's, a guy no comes, doubt. there's a guy, there's only comes one out. football, there's only there's
1: one, only one football, football, man. No doubt. Uh, and speaking, speaking of winners and losers in, in, in competitions, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to make it as simple as I can, and I'm going to let you take it in any direction that you want to take it in. Oh, What's go. going on? What's going on with the quarterbacks <laughs> right now?
0: <sighs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, Sean Clifford's the starting quarterback. He is the starting quarterback. He is a returning starting quarterback. Uh, I I don't think that that is in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beyond that, right? Christian Bayou, for some reason, is a guy who gets lost in the shuffle. And I I understand Mm it. Uh, Drew Alar is a guy who, right? Like uh, the expectations are over the moon for him. Um, And honestly, like I I was texting you before this. (laughs) This is something that I want to talk to you about is I did – I did some research. I, I, I look back because I'm trying to gauge, right? H- how often does it happen that a true for even a five star number one, number two guy in the country in a recruiting class, how often do they come in and start as true freshmen? And the answer, at least in recent history nationally, is not very often. It's like right. it's it's really, really hard to do. And so I have got like bluntly, I have gotten absolutely no indications that either Sean Clifford or Christian Bayou are in any jeopardy of being leapfrogged wow. by, by, by either one of these guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's I'm not, not, you know, I'm not surprised. It's all about development. Uh, you know, it's so, and so it's like, not, it's not even necessarily, it's not even like for me, it's not even necessarily like physical development, really. It's more mental than anything. It's understanding how to process the information, understanding what you're looking at, understanding situational football, which Penn state as a whole needs to figure out situational football. But again, that's, that's a different discussion, but it's, it's learning how to lead, learning how to manage a game, understanding the moment. It's, it's just so much goes into it mentally that it mentally almost becomes more important, you know, than the physical aspect of playing the game. Sure. You need to be able to create, make throws, you know, everything like that. But, you know, it's something that I think you need to grow into as a quarterback, which something that Sean Clifford has, yeah. Right. He's passionate about the program. Seems like it, it seems like his teammates like him. Um, he's a leader. You know, he's a captain. He's got a ton of experience. You know, um, let me ask you this question, because, you know, a few people we've talked to on the show and obviously, you know, you read some things is uh, and I've said it, you know, don't look past Prabula. Sure. Right. Yeah. What are the chances, you know, he continues to develop and and play well. And I mean, there are a chance we see him any game, running the ball around any packages for him or anything like that. You know, you see like, is he yep. that type? Is he that type of quarterback?
0: Uh, again, like I'm dealing on a, on a very loose range. <laughs> right. And so uh, I've heard good things. I, okay. I've heard good things uh, like that he's coming. Uh, and And like you said, I mean, in terms of the physical, the physical side of things, that is an element that he is, more prepared for right now in his career right like he had a great weightlifting background, a great training background before he even got to Penn State. and so you know this that translates right like sure if, yeah if, yeah if, if, if you don't if you don't have to if you can make some plays with your legs and give yourself yep. buy yourself some time, then you make the spectacular play. Like you make the throw, but it's not the same as the process of playing quarterback, where you're making a bunch of reads, going through your progression. Like that's that's a totally different thing. I mean, I think like that's always been my understanding, and so well, I think
1: if you're an athlete, you can create. And we've talked about this on the on the on the podcast before. If you're an athlete as a quarterback, you can create. You know, you can you can do things that a traditional pocket passing quarterback can't do, then obviously you're going to be ahead right now correct? because your inability to read a defense or understand coverage or see what defenses are doing, you know, on third down or in the red zone, it, it, it doesn't matter because you can just get out the pocket and use yep. your speed and athleticism to create plays rather than standing in there, understanding, All right, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a blitz here. You know, how do I change protection to go pick it up so I could stand in the pocket and, right. Take advantage of the weakness on this defense. So, you know, like it's, it, it, it'll all play out, you know. And um, again, dude, uh, appreciate you having on the show. I've got a few more questions, you know, for you here and let you go, you know. And, and we're talking about this, all these positional battles, everything like that. And no doubt, come April 23rd, all eyes will be on one positional group, and that's the quarterbacks. It's just the way it is, yep. you know. Um, so for you, when you watch that game and when you watch the quarterbacks, what will you take away from it as a reporter? Oh,
0: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. like
1: that, I, you know what that when I was playing, that's what you should have wrote. I did. I take away <laughs> I take away absolutely nothing from this game today.
0: It, it's, it's not like, like and again, like you know this that there are there's this massive data set. That they have to work from, from every, like literally it's all tracked, every snap, every pass, where it's located, if they caught it, if they didn't, if it was catchable, if it wasn't catchable, like the, the, the side of coaching that is art is, I'm not going to say that it's no longer, but it's so scientifically driven at this point that you don't have to make these like gut decisions. If you've got a guy who's completing 55% of his passes and another guy who's completing 67% of his passes, guess who's starting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. And so when I watch the blue white game, I will be looking to see if Sean Clifford is healthy. It, can, he, can mm-hmm. he hit the obvious passes, right? Like the out pattern can, is he going to be on target? Is his accuracy there? Christian value. I want to see what his development looks like. I'm not, I'm not a quarterback coach. I can't can't break down whether he's rotating his hips. Like that's not me, but Mm -hmm. you can see what elements are there in terms of how they've improved, how they've developed. And certainly for Sean, especially given the way that his season ended last year, whether or not he's, he's right. Like, is he healthy? Can he, can he play?
1: Well, one of the things that I've always looked at, and what I think is more important than really the game itself, is how someone performs versus how they appear. And what I mean by that is, do they look the part? Yep. Does this dude walk out on the field like it's his show? He's got command of the offense. He has command of the huddle. He couldn't care less that there's a hundred thousand people in the crowd because they have absolutely no effect on what he's doing as a player and as a quarterback. Now. Yep is somebody going to make a bad read and throw an interception? Yeah. Is somebody going to fumble? Yeah. But what else are you doing with those other 25 reps? Right. Are you checking, um, into the right direction versus a run? You know, you're running away from rotation or you run into a three technique or you run into a shade or, you know, are are you understanding coverage? You are checking it down. You don't want to take a shot downfield. Um, can you get in and out of the huddle? Can you, can you spit the play out? You know, one of those things as well. So, (laughs) The appearance, okay. for me, is more important. I think than how someone performs, especially from uh, from from younger players. So that's something that I'm interested in taking a look at.
0: Yeah, and it's it look like this is recently relevant to Penn State. Yeah, right. But, uh, and and the difference between the situation that taekwon Roberson entered at Iowa, number three team in the country, versus the number four team in the country away versus the one that Christian Veiu walked into, right? In a, in a illness flu game against five and six Rutgers, whatever it was, right? (laughs) Like it's just, it's massively different and you can't understate that. But at the same time, that was it. That was it, right? Is, is Christian Veiu came in when they needed him and was able to look the part. And that was, having the benefit of time. He he was able to, to develop and, and marinate and he got into that situation and was able to perform the way he needed to perform to give Penn state a win. And he looked good doing it. Uh, Taequann Roberson wasn't able to do that, obviously at Iowa, um, you know? And so like, to me, it's just, if everyone's attention is going to be on these freshmen, I don't think that's fair. Right. <laughs> I don't right. think it's fair yeah. because right. I just think it's, I just think it's so like, and you can speak to this, what, what is a reasonable expectation of a guy who literally is going to be missing his senior prom this weekend, right? Like that's where they should be is if they hadn't enrolled. And so how much can you possibly take in while you're doing all of this other stuff, all of these other changes that are taking place as a quarterback, it's, right? Like put it's yourself what, in, in their shoes.
1: It's what I, it's what I just talked about. Can yep. they get in and out of the huddle? Yeah. Can, they hear the pl- can they hear the play call? Do they know the play, right? Do they understand where the play clock is in the stadium? Yep. Right? No. Yeah, right. D- no de- uh, that's yep. what I'm saying. No delay of games. It- it's a process, right? And, and understand that. And there's something about going out there, feeling good. You know you're going to make mistakes, but the good needs to outweigh the bad. You know, and I think if it does for these young quarterbacks, that's something for the coaches to build on, the players to build on, Um, and as a fan, it's you know, you walk away knowing, all right, these guys have a chance in the future. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's
0: yeah. Uh, Look, it 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 helps that the defense won't be allowed to blitz, right? (laughs) Right, like it helps they they will put these guys in a position. To experience some success, it, it mm-hmm. will not be the most adverse conditions. You're playing in front of a crowd who really could care less; they're just happy to be able to tailgate, right? Like there's there's no loser in this game. There's no opponent, so I, I think that the blue boy game is a little bit of a reward. And again, you can speak to this. It's a little bit of a reward. It's a little bit of an opportunity to show off some of the work that you've done, right? Yeah. And well, I mean, I, I was in- to you.
1: I was in a competition for my job every year, man. So it wasn't, (laughs) you know, looking back, I don't think it was as much fun as it should have been, you know. uh, But nobody made decisions. Nobody
0: made decisions about you winning that job based on your performance in a blue-white game. I don't think. I hope not. But, (laughs) you know,
1: who knows, man? But listen, man, this was awesome. Um, I appreciate you joining the show, man. It's always great to talk to you. Your insight's always fantastic. Um, and I'll see, you. I'll be, I'm doing the uh, sideline for BTN at the blue white game, man. So, uh, I hope to see you down there. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks for
0: having me, man. I appreciate it. Anytime.